Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Well, good morning, Central Indiana. Hope you're doing well on this cold Sunday morning. Boy, it feels a whole lot different than it did yesterday. And we've got uh, little snow snow flowers. I want to say snow flowers so bad. I don't mind that. (laughs) Snowflakes are snow flowers. Snow flowers uh, sounds better than snow plows. They kind of sound pretty, don't they? And they are. Uh, But you may encounter some of that around the city this morning. But anyway, hope you're doing okay, Pacers. Oh, I'm sorry. Salvation Army. Yay! How about that? Oh, my God. A lot of hard work. We're going to talk about that uh, throughout today's couple of hours with us. I'm Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith. Good morning, Terry Lynn. How are you? I'm good. And uh, Denny, right there to the very end of the Radiothon. And uh, we got big numbers to share with you here in just a little bit. But you all did a, a fantastic job coming through once again. Uh, bless your hearts. You did good. And uh, a lot of people are, you're changing a lot of lives. You truly are making it work. Uh, but anyway, Kylan Talley is here, producer. Good morning. Our Good Facebook morning. fan of the day is Bryce Scobell. Yay, Bryce. Hey, thanks, Bryce. Bryce, thanks, we're going to call Bryce. you in a little bit, and Denny's going to give you $100. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, probably well, not. you can be the next probably fan. Oh, Go follow us God. on First Didn't... Day with Terry Stacy on Facebook. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And Denny, no, is not doing that. Not uh, yet, no. but we're going to work that out later. Um, I cannot wait to get to our first guest this morning. She's one of my favorite guests. She's we've, a in fact, legend. I got, we've got two of my favorite guests. This lady and then also Lynn Dunn, uh, general manager of the Indiana Fever, is going to join us in the next hour as they get set for the lottery draft today. But right now, um, well, it is December 10th, right? 15 days until Christmas. We're going to talk about a popular holiday destination right here in southern Indiana. Her name is Pat Cook, and she put Santa Claus, Indiana, on the map as originating partner of Holiday World and Splash and Safari, but she's also the founder of the Santa Claus Museum. And she joins us now to talk about her job as one of Santa's elves all these years. Pat Cook, how are you? I'm great. Good morning to all of you. Merry Christmas. We are so busy. We have so many wonderful visitors. Yesterday was our parade. It rained on us, but we had a great time. <laughs> That's one heck of a parade. Listen down to there. that voice. I am so glad to hear your voice. And, you know, um, I was telling Denny and Kylan earlier, I think that you are in the International Santa Hall of Fame. Is that right? That is true. There was only one other woman. She was a Mrs. Claus. When I was inducted uh, in Branson or Gatlinburg, somewhere, you know, in the mountains. But anyway, um, it was a great honor. I really appreciated it. And uh, along with all the people that help Santa Claus do great things and wonderful things for children. You know, before we talk about the Santa Claus Museum, and congratulations, by the way, that is awesome. I want to ask you about your Christmases and what Christmases were like for you as a child whose father was actually called Santa Jim. Oh, he was not called Santa Jim. He was Santa. Uh, I have a wonderful story about him. He was in the Navy, First World War, joined when he was 10 years old. And they were having a um, Christmas party on board ship for children that were needy. And uh, they said, we need a Santa Claus. And someone said, there's a guy on board ship that says he's from Santa Claus, Indiana. Let's ask him. 
He was a 19-year-old sailor away from home for the first time in his life. And he uh, helped Santa that day, and he actually told us, and it's written, I made a vow that if I lived through the war, I would always do this to bring joy to children. So he actually uh, became Santa and was Santa's biggest helper and uh, for 54 years. And uh, I, mean, I carry on his legacy as best I can. Pat, this is Denny Smith. Uh, you've got a fan from Speedway, Indiana, but you grew up in Mariah Hill. Tell me about what Mariah Hill was like growing up. <laughs> the Mariah Hill is a great town. That is German Maria Hilf, which means Mary Help, and that's the name of the local Catholic church, Mary Help of Christians. Oh. I guess the people, I guess the people in the post office department couldn't decipher the German. I don't know, but anyway, and I, you know, I'd love to tell you how the town of Santa Claus got its name. But anyway, I did grow up in Mariah Hill, where my father and his family had originated, and um, you know, a two-room schoolhouse, outhouses. Uh, drive the school bus to Dale, Indiana, all those wonderful things that you do, drink out of the same cup at the well. And oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, did you have your own zip code? I mean, I, I think that's Spencer County. I'm trying to remember where that is. It's close to Dale, but did you get your own zip code? For what? For the Santa Claus? No. Or? Well, you did get the, your own zip code for Santa Claus Land. That was even more special. No, I was talking about Wait, Mariah Hill. Uh, no, they're, I think they are. You know, I, I actually, my post office box is in Santa Claus. Um, I spend a lot of time in Mariah Hill at their wonderful restaurant, but uh, I don't know for sure. I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, with us is Pat Cook, and she is truly one in a million, truly. Um, and we're going to talk about the Santa Claus Museum. There's always so much to talk. She, know, Let me tell you, Denny, she has an encounter with John F. Kennedy. I mean, just the whole thing. She's but, the chief elf. <laughs> she, she really is. And uh, you mentioned when you were talking to Denny about Santa Claus and how it's got its name. Tell us that story. Well, there's a legend and there's the truth. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of want both of them. I like them too, both of them. The legend is much more fun. The legend (laughs) is that they were in the local uh, grocery store meeting place, and it was also the post office. And uh, they had a meeting on Christmas Eve, of course, the legend says, and they were deciding on a name for the post office. And uh, the local circuit rider preacher was named Wittenbach, Christian Wittenbach. So they almost decided on Wittenbach. Of course, nothing would be happening here if we were Wittenbach, Indiana. <laughs> but anyway, uh, they'd been talking. Children were playing, nice, hot, cold nights around the hot pet village stove. All of a sudden, they heard reindeer. They heard bells, and the door blew open, and the children yelled, Santa Claus, and the townspeople said, that's it. That's the name. Aww. Now, that's a beautiful story. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... this, this has got a different ending. I can feel it coming. <laughs> I don't know who started that. I've done a lot of research into the history. It's, we've not found out. But anyway, we have a document in the museum building from 1856 to the town of Santa Fe. And that's what my grandma Apollonia Shue always called it, Santa Fe. And the document says, choose another name than Santa Fe. And so I'm like, okay, you didn't see the two E's? I suppose not. Anyway, they said, we already have a post office in Indiana for Santa Fe. You can't have Santa Fe. But we were Santa Fe, and it's on the document. 
So then somebody wrote Santa Claus at the bottom where it says for your name, and they scratched through with black ink before computers. And then somebody wrote Seedlick, which, oh, my goodness, we would have been Seedlick. Then somebody wrote the word Santa Claus above all that, and that person changed history for us and many people. Wow. And the, But the magic of that, and there's magic in this town, the, the postmaster from Fulda made the application, and his name at the bottom of this document is Nikolaus Fisher. <gasps> Get out of here. That's a great story, too. That's that's a great story. I like that story a lot, Pat. And that's the true story. (laughs) That is a true story. And I love to show it to our visitors because there it is, written in the German way, Mm. Nikolaus. Yes. Well, see, this is, uh, again, we are with Pat Cook, and she grew up and married the late, great Bill Cook, whose family owned Santa Claus Land, and now that's known as Holiday World. Um, She and Bill grew the park and the town. Uh, She then became, she is so passionate, became so passionate about preserving the history of Santa Claus, Indiana, that they created the Santa Claus Museum. And Pat, I know it's already, we're so far into it. Do you have time for us to take a break and come back and talk to you? Of course. Yeah. Can you? Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Grab some grab some cocoa as I picture you sitting in a chair, uh, blanket on your legs, <laughs> having a fire. cup of, by the fire <laughs> with a cup of cocoa. Uh, have another cup of cocoa, and we'll be back after a quick break. More with Pat Cook. We're going to talk about uh, her dad, Santa Jim, and how, uh, well, I just can't tell you. There's so much. Okay. We'll be back after this on 93 WIBC. until Christmas, so I like talking to Pat Cook when it gets to be about this time of year. She's one of, uh, she is a legend and an incredible Hoosier, and we are so grateful that we get to spend a little time with her, because it's busy down in Santa Claus right now, Santa Claus, Indiana, and the museum itself, but I would, I have to ask you about this, Pat. Thanks again for sticking around with us for through that break. Like your father, Santa Jim, you help Santa answer thousands of letters from kids all over the world, and how long have you been one of Santa's elves actually doing that part of the job? Oh, my goodness. Well, I am 92 years old. I started when I was 12, so do the math. <laughs> wow. Oh, my. We're not supposed to guess those years. Oh, my goodness. Bless your heart. The magic happens at the historic post office, I believe. And then, Kylan, you are interested in some of those letters. I am. Of all of these years of receiving and answering letters, what would you say is one of the best letters that you received from a kid? Ooh, that's hard. Oh, I have I have several, but I will. Uh, one, of, one of the ones I kept in my office at Holiday World for years because I just loved it. This old boy said, Dear Santa, please make my dad smarter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, Denny! You probably had Did one. Did my son about you. send you so a letter? Funny. Oh my gosh! You know, last year we talked about you know you Santa also receives letters from kids that maybe aren't asking for you know uh, a new horse as I did or something like that. They're asking for things like I wish mom and dad were back together or dad or or asking for things not even for themselves. And those are truly worth talking about too, don't you think, Pat? They, they are, and, and it's amazing that that still happens. 
Um, so many children say, I, I don't, you don't have to give me anything. Be sure my little brother gets something or my mom and dad. That's just wonderful, isn't it? I mean, it yeah. just makes us feel so good. Um, yeah. it's, it, uh, doing this, which I've been doing now for a long, long time. And literally we are, we are overwhelmed with letters this year. We get them from schools in packets of like 50. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, uh, we have to get those out because schools would be dismissed. Uh, my daughter and granddaughter are helping me right this moment in the room. Uh, I've done 35 this morning. We're probably up to 12,000 letters already. Oh so my we, will gosh, probably, yeah. we will probably break a record this year if we keep on the way we are. Over, and they so, come from uh, all over the world, not just here in our country. They do. They do. And, and they come. Well, we have already sent 600 letters to communist China. And that's amazing. Wow. And they write beautiful English, do beautiful Taiwan, beautiful drawings. Uh, last year, the Russian letters were returned, which made us very sad. We'll see what happens this year. A lot from Hong Kong, Germany. I speak some German. We have a great group of uh, exchange students who come in and help us. But I tell you, the countries all write beautiful English and beautiful grammar. It's it's amazing. So once in a while we get it in their native language, but most of the time they're in English. And of course that uh, that postage is very expensive too. So uh, we do love donations because everything is free. Uh, we don't charge for anything here at the museum or the village or any of our attractions unless you want to buy a shirt or a magnet or a book or something. So uh, it's all made, everything's done out of love for children, and that, that's how it should be. That voice you hear is that of Pat Cook, one of the founders of the Santa Claus Museum down in Santa Claus, Indiana. Pat, oh, you, when you talk about free, one of the things I've always been touched about, when you go to get your picture taken with Santa, no matter whether it's at the, the mall or even other places around here, there's always a charge. That idea, I have been told by friends that you guys will even help pose with Santa, but everybody takes pictures for free. That What a gracious yes. thing to do. I mean, that's a money-making event, and you guys just let people take their own pictures. Yes. Well, that's why we're here. And as long as we can continue to do that, we will continue to do that. Um, I, just, my, I watched my dad and how he brought so much joy. And I always say he never charged anybody, and his life was so fulfilled, and mine has been too. And you find that out in life, you know, when you, and you get more back. You get more back. These beautiful letters thanking us, mothers letting us know how happy they are. It's worth every minute. The payment comes back threefold. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. What's one of your most precious items in the museum? Oh, well, I have to say, the book that I wrote. <laughs> there you go, absolutely. <laughs> it oh, is. I like this woman's style. <laughs> <laughs> Which is titled? It is titled Santa's Daughter. Yeah. And it has a great deal of history about Santa Claus Land, the Cook family, Mariah Hill that somebody asked me about, my life uh, as a nurse. Um, it, it's, uh, it's, it's very personal. And uh, when I wrote it, I wrote it for my family. It has a picture of me on the front in my dad's Santa suit, which, of course, is wonderful. Um, uh, when I wrote it, I wrote it for my family to preserve history so they would remember. 
my grandmother's shoe, who I loved, and I want, don't want her to be forgotten. My dad, a whole chapter on him. Um, and, and then I had a, a local newspaper person edit. I didn't want any grammatical errors, and I didn't think I had even want somebody else to look at it. <laughs> and she said, Pat, you have to get this published. And I said, oh, who's going to read it? Oh, I couldn't put it down, she said. So oh, I did that. Wonderful. All, all, the, all the proceeds go to the museum to help us to build a building big enough to hold all the things I have. And we want to see and give, give us that website so we know where we can make that donation. Uh, well, it's uh, help me with the website. Santa, Santa Claus Museum dot org. That's it. Okay. Santa Claus Museum dot org. Museum dot yeah. org. OK, got it. Kylan. Pat, you have really helped make America's Christmas hometown what it is. And you've been the reason so many people have gotten to be festive and cheerful this holiday season and many holiday seasons. I was listening to Amy Grant's Grown Up Christmas list yesterday, and it really got me thinking because you've been a part and have gotten to see all of these different types of Christmases through the years. Do you have anything on your Grown Up Christmas list? Oh, no. I have had everything I want, don't need anything. Um, if my children come home, that will be great. Um, we'll have time together, and I usually talk about family and legacy, and we have a great time, and I don't need a thing, just love. <laughs> Al Hunter, um, who's a fantastic writer, and, and lots of good things about Al Hunter, he wrote an article about Pat uh, last year, and he asked if... Pat believed in Santa and you said Pat absolutely and you told him that Santa is like the wind and before we let you go explain what that means well you know the wind is there and and you feel it but you can't see it Uh, you can see what it does and that's Santa Claus he's there you don't always see him you don't always hear him but you feel him and, and and what he does is what Santa Claus is, spirit, love, caring, giving, uh, making people happy. And, oh, if we could keep the Christmas spirit all year, wouldn't it be a wonderful world? What a wonderful world it would be. (laughs) You are just one of our favorites, and you are loved by so many, and we so appreciate what you do. And, again, SantaClausMuseum.org for more information. It's the best place on earth right now to be is in Santa Claus, Indiana. If you you want to mail a letter and do it now because we have to get them out. The mail is very, very busy and slower, I'm sorry, and we are trying desperately to get every letter answered so please tomorrow get it in <laughs> tomorrow get it in we'll Good get luck. that address for everybody too thanks but for being a great we, we're just being. crazy about you thank you so much for spending so much time with us today thanks so You're much welcome. merry christmas to you merry christmas to you and blessings from all for all thank you Bye-bye. thank you pat it's 11 30 you're listening to the first day on 93 wibc So pretty. Christmas time is here. Golly, <laughs> oh, take the battery out of my hearing. You knew exactly what song it was. Oh, hold the phone. This is my other favorite Christmas song. I have so many now. Good Lord, Terry. This guy is so good. How can you not be excited? 
I could just listen to Christmas music all morning and not talk, and I know you all would it's love that. It's two but weeks have from to. tomorrow. No, close. It's 11.35. I'm sorry about our pacers. I was so hoping that was going to work out. Also, thank you. From the bottom of our hearts, everybody, you what came a great through run. for Radiothon for the Salvation Army. Unbelievable. What was the total? 460000 flat, and then there's some things have dribbled in. So I think it was like $460,400. But I, I don't have the exact number, but amazing. It, it was just amazing. And it all happened in that last hour. But all that foundation that was put in by you and that was put in by Hammer and Nigel. Just and everybody. Casey and Denny and, and you and yeah. Pat. And also, I mean, I'm truly. And some, there's a, we're going to talk about this because we've got a special guest coming up. And we will talk more about Radiothon coming up uh, in the next hour. Also coming up on deck, it's Denny with Investing Sense. But right now, Kylan Talley, you've got a special guest. Yeah, it is Christmas time. And a lot of holiday traditions come with that. And one mm-hmm. that is on its way is the AES Indiana Yuletide Celebration. It's been part of Hoosier holiday traditions for like 60, 30 years, excuse me, for 30 years. <laughs> I Whoa, was going to say, wait, I remember the first one. I don't know if it was 60. But 30, they, yes, but that, uh, that snuck up on us. So 30 years for Yuletide, but it's been in the works for even longer than that. And it's nice to see all of the different improvements that they've made for it throughout the years. I mean, the hosts that they have, this year's host is Broadway star Ben Crawford. They have the famous tap dancing Santas, the retelling of Twas the Night Before Christmas, and so much more. And they even include local musicians here in Indianapolis, and we have one from the Indianapolis Symphony Orchestra. We have Sherry Hong, one of the second violinists. Wow. I'm clapping for you, Sherry. How are you? Good morning. Great. How are you? We're Thank you for good. Having- We're good. Are you up right now playing the violin? Uh, no, not quite yet, but um, <laughs> we'll be get- I'll be getting ready to, to go uh, prep and warm up for the day. So I mean, even more on top of that, because you're spending your early Sunday morning with us after a late performance last night and a matinee performance later at 2 o'clock. Yes, 2 o'clock and, uh, and an evening performance tonight at 7. That's as well. pretty awesome. Okay, can you explain what second violin means? Okay, well, it's uh, it's just um, it's a different part of the orchestra. So you have your first violins, your second violins, and viola, cello, and bass that make up the string section. Um, and so first violin and second violin uh, are just different violin parts in the symphonic orchestrations. How long have you been part of Yuletide? So I joined the orchestra. Um, I joined the ISO in 2007. So my first Yuletide was that year with Sandy Patty and the African Children's Choir. Oh, my gosh. So, so um, good. Been, how, do yeah. you, how, how do you keep your concentration when you have dancing Santas out there, when you have elves <laughs> moving boxes around? Are you ever distracted while you're playing? Uh, it can be distracting. I mean, it's, there's, it's amazing because there's so much talent on stage, so it can be distracted. You want to see, you know, what Madison's doing up there when she's tapping or what the aerialist is doing. Um, but we... We're just having such a great time. I mean, it's 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 all it all comes together, and and we just we just have a lot of fun doing it. It can be distracting, but you also have a solo, right? Can you spoil a little yeah. bit of that for us? Sure. Um, so I, I think it's wonderful because in every year we usually have a, a couple of orchestra features, and this year I'm uh, very thrilled to be the featured soloist with the ISO, and we're we're doing a fun little mashup of some. Vivaldi and some Disney. So, has has there ever been a concert ma- concert master other than the first violin section? 
Um, well, the concertmaster is the the first chair of the orchestra and kind of like the conduit between the you know whoever's on the podium and and the rest of the orchestra. Um, I'm sorry, did that? I'm not no, sure that, that no, that's close enough. I always wondered if anybody else got a swing at the bat. It always seemed to be the first chair violin. I wondered <laughs> if the second, your second violins could do it. She's too. waiting patiently. Well, here she is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been a concert master just in in other uh, other uh, orchestras. In, uh, uh, yes, uh, I have not been the or- uh, concert master of the ISO, but I have been um, in a few other orchestras and some local orchestras, and also in Chicago as well. When did you pick up the violin, and why did you pick up? Why did you want to learn how to play the violin? Well, actually, so I started playing the violin when I was three years old. So wow! It, it was definitely more of my parents uh, wanting to give me an early start. Uh, they they didn't grow up as trained musicians, but they always loved music and played um, just in, 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 on their in their own time. So they always dreamt of having uh, being able to study formally so i think that's why i got started so early <laughs> what do you think of uh i have to say this the right way but if you're going to play in texas you got to have a fiddle in the band what do you think of fiddling as opposed to the more formal violin work i think fiddling is amazing i think some of the most amazing fiddlers out there they do things that my fingers cannot do <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness that's amazing yeah i mean they're fun to watch but so are you but so are you i mean it is for any of us that couldn't even imagine ever playing such a beautiful instrument and how difficult it may be you know for, for watching you too and is amazing and well, beautiful as well it really is what what do you love about yuletide being a part of this program i think what's so special about yuletide it really is so many different components coming together to to have this amazing show with a live symphony orchestra that doesn't happen on broadway i think on broadway you know live the live productions are getting smaller and so to be able to collaborate with a a full symphony orchestra on stage with the caliber of singing and dancing and and so much behind the scenes too the wardrobe and the lighting and all the production it really is magical how it all comes together and if there's a way to show what was going on behind the scenes um it would really show you how how many people come together yeah sherry i'm going to ask you about that because the twas the night before christmas is the one that is always done it's the traditional one they come in with all of the pageantry and the reindeer and everything but santy comes down the chimney from where you're sitting in the second uh, violin section can you see santa going down the chimney from the backside? Well, um, we can, but we, we certainly can't reveal all the secrets. Oh, of no. Yuletide, right? <laughs> yeah. But it must be fun to see the behind-the-scenes stuff. Oh, my gosh. It, it, it really is. And it's, and it's wonderful, too, because we, you know, when we have moments when we can glance away, to see the reindeer coming up, the puppeteers, um, and seeing the faces, we we're able to see the faces of the audience and some of the children in the front that are let up, and it's, um, that's really special uh, to, to be able to see that. We're talking, we're talking with acting associate principal Cher- Sherry Hong, who is of the second violin. Sherry, one last thing before we, we got to move on, but mm-hmm. what does Christmas in this holiday season mean to you? Um, for me, it really is just about gathering and, and, and being present and, uh, and sharing and, and, and the special um, feelings of the season and and coming to Yuletide celebration at the I- 
Absolutely. That's absolutely right. Sherry, thank you for spending some time with us. And you look gorgeous, by the way. The dress that you were wearing for your solo, I have a picture of it shared on our Facebook page. Well done and congrats and good luck with the next two weeks of it. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Happy holidays, Sherry. AES Indiana Yuletide Celebration, one of our city's treasured holiday traditions. Now through December 23rd, mm-hmm. got a 2 o'clock this afternoon, and at 7 o'clock, tickets are still avail- available. Get your tickets at Indian- You can go to Indianapolis- yeah, org for tickets. They'll have the little events page for you to go there. Perfect. All right, coming up, Denny Smith with Investing Sense on 93 WIBC. When the road looks rough I'll just ahead say the road looks rough ahead. Miles from your nice warm <laughs> it does. It does. You just remember oh, what ladies, you want. Oh, ladies, your face. Boy, you got a friend. Just got this in the Daddy. mail. Yeah, there. Thank you, Town of Cumberland. Daddy. As you continue to grow. Ladies, you know. As much as I hate it, you're increasing our water. $20 a month. <laughs> Monthly fee. Her equivalent residential unit is now $20 per month. Thank you, Town of Cumberland. I was hoping for this as a Christmas gift this year, and I love you for it, and uh, we're probably going to leave. <laughs> uh, <each laughs> Merry Christmas. On a happier note. Okay, note. go ahead. I'm sorry. Each week for the last couple of months, you've heard me talk about my concerns for the economy, Terry. I know. And and for all of us that are really living within this economy, I've really been concerned about so many things. The dollar, inflation, statistics, the ones that they've lied to us about from the Department of Labor. The interest rates, lack of real business expansion. All these things have really put me on guard for some really challenging times ahead. But that's not what I want to share with you today. For the last two days, we've all been wrapped up in Radiothon to benefit the Salvation Army right here in Indiana. We took 36 hours out of our broadcast lives to be part of something that has been a, a miraculous bit of, uh, of our station's history for 29 years. Today, I want to talk to you about what I call the social interaction economy of humanity. And I want you to know that I think despite a thousand challenges, everything's going to be okay. What the Radiothon brings out in each of us is always influenced by the individual life journeys that we all have as individuals. The ups and downs we've all faced were somehow boiled down in this 36-hour Radiothon to distill the very essence of a togetherness that is rarely felt by all of us. We are manipulated by, you know, daily by propagandists of governments and media, by self-serving industry interests, and even the interests of many religions around the world. A man I really admired once said, God is just too big for one religion. And that's what I saw on Friday and Saturday, right here in central Indiana at Sullivan Hardware. You know, some of us are poor and some of us are not. Some of us have addictions, some of us do not. Some of us have opportunities and many of us will never get those opportunities. Some of us have hope and there are just too many that do not. But here's the thing, we are just one people in the eyes of our Creator. When our Creator sees what is possible to bring us back together, to share and help with one another, they must be pretty pleased with what they saw on Friday and Saturday. Hundreds of volunteers, I mean hundreds of volunteers from all walks and careers, thousands of listeners throughout central Indiana, 
thousands of recipients of the love and help of the Salvation Army. They all came together to keep that love, that support, that financial lifeblood glowing. We heard stories of what it takes to escape addiction, what it takes to deal with domestic violence, and the lure of the streets. We were touched with one another's experiences and absorbed them as our own. We put it all out there online to allow our community to move forward from just treading water in the triage of daily living events. In short, from one rather brief shining moment on December 8th and 9th, I think we became one amazing spirit of realization that there but for the grace of God, each of us might be totally dependent on the other at some point in our lives. It was just so special, but it's so brief, and it really is amazing. I'm glad we all shared that Radiothon for the benefit of Salvation Army together. And to all of you that shared your treasures with the Salvation Army's mission these last couple of days, oh, you just got to know that you are both appreciated by us and blessed by your own generous hearts. Y'all be well always, and thank you from all of us here at WIBC. Denny, uh, thank you very much. Um, I know that that we touches got, your heart. We got $460,000 in two days, Terry. Salvation Army did. And wow. that was because of all of you. And it is uh, it is incredible. You started it, that it, off. You know, you started off and then in came uh, Kendall and Casey with all their uh, pedantics. We had Hammer and Nigel. Uh, Mel jumped in there. We had David Wood. We had Sam. What a cacophony of performances I want to mention Duke because Duke doesn't get... Oh. Had had how help me with his last name Hadid Hadad 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 Hadad. He's a West Virginia boy. People don't acknowledge him very often during our radio thon. He's a PhD, Terry, and he's helping at the Besides all of that, besides all of that, uh, Duke is the one that really goes after to find that big money. And, and not and and that is a tough job. You know, and he he finds the sponsors and the money and and. And you know what? And he sits back off in the corner and watches it all come to life then. And and, and he's a big part of this, Think too. Of the Major quilt. Rachel Stouter, who oh is doing this every day of the year, all day long. And, and, and Samantha Hyde and just so many others that, oh, my goodness, so many others. Think of the stitching um, in that quilt. You brought in community leaders. Yeah. You brought in not just Joanne the advertisers. Remender, by the way, Joanne <laughs> Remender is one in a million <laughs> also, may, if I may. And she's uh, been there a long time. We're going to forget somebody. I, but, I know. But the you, point sometimes is, is you all give a, give the the radio hosts a, a lot of a credit for it, and and we're grateful for that. It doesn't uh, matter whether it, you it's are everybody that's working yeah. behind the scenes that really, and you because you're making that that money go up and up and up and up. I know we got to go, uh, and I'm so excited. <laughs> I just heard from Lynn Dunn. Uh, we're so excited because Lynn Dunn's going to join us in the next hour. And you're listening to the first day. Thank you all so much for joining us this morning, and thank you for what you did for the Salvation Army. News is next, 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.